0: Hi, my name is Gunnar Froh and I'm your host on the Wonder Mobility Podcast. Welcome back to the Wunder Mobility podcast. Uh, today I'm with Frig Borgraf of Strive Cloud. Welcome, Frig. Thanks for having me. And uh, before we dive into your product, which we are using and integrating at Wunder Mobility, and we think is relevant for operators to know about, let's talk a little bit about your background um, in the beginning. How you got here? What's your connection to mobility, or how did you end up at StriveCloud? Cloud?
1: It's actually a, a funny story. So I, I started my own company, like the, 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 like I was a bit of an entrepreneur. So I started when I was 16 or something, just like selling shirts and stuff. So I always wanted to do something. Then I went to uni, studied economics there. And then straight out of university, I uh, started my own together with my co-founders. Uh, we started uh, our own gaming platform. That one became the biggest in the Benelux. Uh, it was a local gaming platform. With over a hundred thousand users who were like heavily engaged. Like they were like a very hard to engage audience in general, one of the hardest and also one of the hardest to reach and convert. But we were like hugely successful. And then we went to go back and see like, okay, how do we do this? How do we differentiate the competitors? And that was based on gamification elements we added to our own platform. We wanted to build a game around the games, basically. Mm-hmm. So we sold off that one, like, like that we sold off that company. But we kept the principles and the knowledge that we built up in like gamifying experiences. And that's how StratCloud came to be. And with StratCloud, what we basically do is we add game elements to any type of digital service, digital application, to make the engagement better, to make retention higher. To make sure that if you have a registered user that you don't do that one. And if that, if if you have them active, <laughs> that they stay active and that they do more relevant things, they have a better experience through these game of five elements. And that's basically what Strava does and uh, how how we came here. Like it's a very it's it's a very organic process of like ten years till we got here.
0: And I think it's super relevant for shared mobility at the moment, because it's no longer enough to be able to put a vehicle there and have an, have a working software solution to open and close and pay for it. But for all of the operators in this space, it's about becoming profitable finally. And I think we've identified some key areas um, to work on, maybe fraud is one of them, picking the right hardware, but especially also activation and retention of users. A lot of operators okay. now sitting on larger customer basis and it's not a solution to always acquire new ones, it's more about um, getting those into a habit, forming a habit about, around the um, product. Can you talk a little bit about like from a high level of people who are not experts in gamification yet, what are some strategies you see working in this context of mobility?
1: Indeed, like. Like we never like thought before, like when we started in gamification, that like share mobility or mobility would be like one of the like growing, like one of the bigger growing pillars. But it, like again, there, like it started organically by some people that we knew that were looking into like what you say, they're like improving the loyalty of their customers, having more rewards per user, and all these type of things. And what's very important in terms of gamification is. Where a classic loyalty program starts with just giving people some points and then you can like redeem those points in a shop. Mm-hmm. It gets very expensive very fast. Gamification uses like those external triggers as well with points and badges and all these things. But in the process, and that's really key to what differentiates gamification from loyalty is that gamification looks to trigger the intrinsic value of an application while you are using these things. Like that, and you, you make a loop so people get invested. Like they get intrinsically motivated to use your app. And to be more concrete on how that can be in, in gamification, in terms of mobility, for example, or mobility in general, is the like, visualizing impact Having a leaderboard where you can see how much CO two you have saved by otherwise driving a gas car or stuff like that. Like really digging into why are people using my can be the money that you've saved and all these type of things, these intrinsic motivations and really identifying those and then using like game elements to visualize those to actually then in the end have more loyal users that will if they can pick a service. Will opt into your service more often because they know that they're trenched into that service. They see their impact that they have. They wanted it to be in that app, and they want to see it there. And then we see, like on insurance mobility, it worked really well. Like on average, we have like already like a handful of clients. Uh, just with Wunder alone. And there we see year over year on average that we have an increase of 300% in active users and 200% in rides per user year over year counting out Stephen and all these things. So you really see that like where you're, it's not just, of course, it's getting people from A to B, but asking like, okay, why are people doing this? And what is the intrinsic motivation of, of doing this and not just jumping in a car or just buying your own bike? What is this? And then visualizing, True game elements like a leaderboard or a point system, or just maybe like giving it a sense of community to it, that might actually be that, that. That those are all things that through gamification, you can really improve the experience and get people to come back and have more personal relation with the digital service, and um, far more than what you just said, like just opening up a reservation and grabbing a, a bike or grabbing a scooter or whatever or a car and then putting it away again and just paying for it. Of course, that needs to be there and the core product needs to be right. But there's so much more to the mental process that, that people have while they're doing that and why they're motivating to keep doing it. And if you can nail that, if you can visualize that and trigger people in the right way, then we have a way higher chance that it will come back a second time. And making that fluffy stuff that I'm talking about concrete and very nicely visualized and, people, and are very effective as well in results that is what Strive got for us to do.
0: I think it's um, really, really amazing because there's credit card data anonymized that shows that almost no lo- users have brand loyalty um, and shared mobility. It's yeah, probably mostly driven by proximity, but they switch back and forth between different um, providers. And I think this could be you know, one strategy to make people focus more on one application where they are building a history a track record if i'm a shared mobility operator maybe a few thousand vehicles how would this look like on my end so like where does this work live what do what do they do on their end to keep this gamification going and really make it effective let's say
1: the, the like to call the elephant in the room like gamification is often tried and you have like these couple cases where gamification Really changes the game is like the unique differentiator of a uh, killer app. Mm-hmm. Super successful. You have Wave, you have Duolingo, you have a lot of other apps like Robin Hood who gamify, and like really the gamification is the core of how they differentiate themselves. Then you have like that's 20% of the products in gamification, and you have 80% of the products in gamification that do not reach that potential. Again, there we went to like, like roll back a little bit on um, why this is the case. What we saw there is that often gamification is just implemented as a feature and never looked back at again. Mm-hmm. So often, like they say, like you put in a leveling system, but they never update the amount of levels. They never update with what you can like, gain experience points, like stuff like that. Just a stupid mm-hmm. example. So that's why with StriveCloud, we, we tend to have a four-step program, which is planning, designing, implementing, and iterating. Mm-hmm. And with like that's our way that we that we like that's our way of making a successful gamification plan and it's actually quite successful because we're way like our our numbers are mostly like in like we we switch to eighty twenty to twenty eighty mostly mm-hmm. um in terms of success with our customers because we follow those uh, four steps very very uh, like very narrowly we're not just a software, we're a combination of human expertise in gamification mm-hmm. and then the software there. And that's what you really need, even if you don't work with us. In any gamification scheme, you should really combine an iterative approach. So you should first make a gamification design where you like really think of, okay, what, what is our target audience? What are the, the key drivers, the motivators of our audience? And why are they using, why are they using our service? What goes through their mind? Second off, you need to ask yourself, okay, what's bringing in the business? What are our business goals? And how are we going to align the motivations of our users Mm -hmm. with our business goals? And how can we then put KPIs on that? Mm -hmm. And then you need to, like, we have our own framework for this, where we put on, like, when we ask Mm -hmm. these questions, like, that we have a framework, which gamification mechanics we can put on these drivers, Mm -hmm. like how we we get those, which gamification elements we're going to use. And then we put KPIs on. But then you have your plan. That's what you can go implement into your application. Basically, that's step three, then, the implementation plan. But the most important one is the fourth step, and that's the iterate, iteration. Mm-hmm. And what we like, and that's where often it goes wrong with gamification as well, is because it's implemented. They, they go back to the dev team, and then they say, like, hey, we want this to be iterated. And then the dev team says, yeah, we have other priorities now. We already done a sprint. That's what mostly happens with gamification and why it goes wrong. And that's where our software then comes in and helps customers of Wunder, for example, to drag and drop just without the need of a def... Uh, We have a page builder, just like WordPress, Mm -hmm. that integrates into the app seamlessly. Users don't notice. They can just say, oh, we want a leaderboard of CO2. Okay, drag and drop in there and you have it based on real-time data that we receive from Wunder. The same goes if you want to change that to... Salaries burned, for example, it's just like no code and you can click around and you can update it and publish it. You can use it as a content marketing tool, basically. And that's without, like, I I just now tell it as how we do it. But that approach is something that we see, the, the iterative approach and then going from very fluffy motivations of users to actually aligning that with your business goal and keeping that continuously in mind. That's how gamification can be very successful within an application. And we solve that in our way by combining our software and then the human expertise that we offer to uh, to our clients.
0: And is your champion inside these operators then typically marketing or product?
1: Um, We mostly see the ones that are most successful are the ones that marketing is heavily involved. Because you can use these gamified elements like if you do a new challenge like, hey, do your daily driving street, for example, you can use that as a content uh, as, a, as a content tool for socials, where you go and say like, "Hey, we're doing a ten day driving challenge, and you get this as a, as a win." And then you can like the marketing people can perfectly themselves add something to the application and then create a marketing campaign around it. But then you can like both work on not just the retention for people that are already using the application. But you can also go and say, like, hey, we're creating some fuss around it and uh, we're doing a new challenge or we're we going to be a little bit creative. So in the beginning, we often tend to sit with product people, mm-hmm. but with Wunder actually, there's no big need for that because we have the standard integration. Mm-hmm. And then often we see that the, for the operations, uh, mm-hmm. we see that the marketing people come in and they manage mm-hmm. the tool and they can then update it themselves, basically ask their design team to create a new, business, and then they mm-hmm. drag and drop it, mm-hmm. publish it, and then they can write some social posts around it. That's basically like how we often work.
0: When it comes to measuring success, you mentioned some numbers in the beginning of how operators who are using it already, they see an increase in number of users and activity per user. But of course, I wonder, would these people have done that anyhow, you know, as they get more used to the service or there are more vehicles available and stuff? Are you somehow advising operators then to A-B test your solution with users? Is that even possible? Or how do you like prove the impact of such a solution?
1: Yeah, First of all, like, especially in shared share mobility, you have, we start already with like a huge seasonality. Like in mm-hmm. summer, you yep. have more active users and in winter, mm-hmm. there we just go, okay, what was the trend year over year? And then we look at it. The thing is, you cannot, just like with, you, you cannot 100% track which user, how big was the impact? Yes or no? You can see trends. These are mm-hmm. positive. You, you will not to the percent can say like, okay, how much did we contribute? Like, did gamification contribute mm-hmm. to it? You can only say, okay, this app has been doing the same numbers for about two years. What mm-hmm. was before, what was after, which is us. And then all of a sudden a year after they have two times the uh, mm-hmm. the amount of active users and like twice the amount of rights per user. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, you can. You can like hear that very. uh, We can also see with like the page builder that integrates into the 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 application. Mm -hmm. We can also see how many people visited, uh, how many challenges were actually redeemed, Mm -hmm. and all these things. So we can track it, of course. Mm -hmm. So we have multiple indications, but it's always very hard to say. It's a bit of a indeed, like you say, like what's the contribution of what? Because in, in gamification, we always also say the core product itself sucks like gamification will only add X amount of percentage on top. So if you only have 100 active users and you already had a million installs, then gamification will probably take that to maybe 200, max 300 or 500 if you do it really well. Mm -hmm. You're not all of a sudden going to get back a million users because of gamification alone, because your core features do not work. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work or is not sufficient enough, that gamification will not necessarily help you gaining a huge bonus. It's more like, okay, we have decent numbers, but we need to get 20%, 30%, 40% more. Or maybe if you do it really well, you can even double it or triple it. But it's not all of a sudden going going to go times 10 or 100 uh, to scale massively if your core product does not work. So yes, you can segment. Uh, You can do multiple challenges for multiple types of people, which works really well. You can also do a B testing in the beginning, like just roll something out for a certain beta group, for example. So all these things are possible. But what we mostly see is we work quite customly. Like we have always some base measurements that we do, active usage, for example, if your mobility users, is a very smart one that we also work with. Then of course, depending on what the gamification design looks like other metrics might be more or less important. So then we measure those, we measure everything, all Mm -hmm. challenges that we do, all leaderboards, how many participants there were. We measure those and we iterate upon it. Mm -hmm. But it depends from client to client what is important, of course.
0: And uh, we have, I think, together a few months ago published a case study for one of our operators who's using the Wunder platform and then code then for us. Let's maybe give some names and some concrete examples how they are doing mm-hmm. that. You mentioned already there are several, so hey, pick one. What's your favorite?
1: The one I talk about a lot is the, the human force, our, uh-huh. our human force, not just for share mobility on its own, but uh, they were actually also one of the first to, to do it, but they use it really well. What they, what I like to do, like I talked about, like showing the impact, like their whole branding and their whole positioning of like being sustainable, building a community, a greater sense of being. That's like how actually you can very nicely carve, carve out a niche in uh, mobility through gamification. And then the mechanic that we have with the team, they're very data-driven. They, have, they work with data tools that we also integrate with from our end to really track, like, okay, what are the different sub-segments doing in these things? So they, and they, they, they literally like use all of the platform themselves without us having to intervene. It's perfectly possible. Mm-hmm. Some clients have more, need, more, need more guidance there. Mm-hmm. So actually, they, they do it really well. They really have a good positioning in terms of the intrinsic motivation of users being more in in, like having an impact on the the planet, being more uh, like uh, environmentally conscious and then visualizing that impact in the application. And then also benefiting from it through being able to convert your eco-friendly lifestyle to like certain discounts at local vendors, for example, or local retailers. That's what they really do well. They also use it to uh, put out advertisements for their users to make it cheaper to do it. So they're really driven in, in the whole process they really integrated into their marketing strategy. Yeah. And you really see great results. They actually have the best results of all the clients that we have. It is it, like it's really amazing like what they do there. So that's a, that's a good one. Uh, we also, like, had for uh, what I think is, is also quite an interesting one is like SQT. SQT is like a, a, an operator in the Nordics, and they often have like they, they lose a lot of their uh, their, their vehicles, like, or they, they often have like vehicles going missing. And what they did there is that we have a redemption tool where they can put up like they can generate QR codes from our system, mm-hmm. and then uh, they do a challenge like, okay, find the Find a missing vehicle, and then if they find a missing vehicle, they can scan the app. They can scan the QR code on that vehicle. They can activate it if it's missing. And if they scan it and they bring it back, then basically they get a huge reward as a user. So they basically crowdsource the hunt for missing vehicles through gamification. It's more a practical approach, but it works really well as well. Mm-hmm. So those are all like the good examples of how you can. Like not just improve like the, the retention, but also go and trigger very specific behaviors by making like the, and, and which will also then improve your business in the end by using gamification and thinking along together with us on what all these features could do in a certain way.
0: I think it's really interesting what you mentioned that um you're not just a SaaS product where it's already integrated. So we just unlock it, now it's doing its thing, but you're also helping in the design process of this gamification and implementation iteration and if someone thinks now this could be for us i think there's something to gain here what's like a maybe a book that you recommend on a topic or an industry to look at for other case studies, maybe outside of mobility where they've really done this very well that's like a role model is there something in your Mm -hmm. field where everyone knows this is the kind of gold standard yeah, you have uh, like Hooked, the,
1: the authors, slipped my mind now, but the, the book Hooked is like the, the hook model. You described there how you go from an external trigger, which can be a challenge or points to an actually intrinsic trigger. That's one of the most famous ones. Of course you have like a lot of like also more boring research but that's a fun read as well that's just like (laughs) if you really want to get into it and then you can you can check the sources that they use to Mm. also get into a bit like the research on human motivation because that's basically where it stems from Behavioral economics gamification comes from the fact that actually games first figured out how to digitally digitally trigger human motivation and that's why it's also now called gamification because actually games were the first but the things actually stayed, like the mechanics stayed the same, just like in the army that you have different ranks and it motivates people to climb the ranks and all these things. They they have existed for ages. It's just the way that you do it digitally now, those are the pioneers there to do it in that sense. And then now like we follow and call that gamification. That's basically how that goes. But Hooked is a, is a very good, uh, good book to start uh, mm-hmm. that I would recommend there. Mm-hmm. I was... The other question was, can you maybe... Like industries or so where maybe
0: people are, we're all a part of it already. It's become kind of normal. It's influencing us, but we don't even fully realize because it's so advanced by now.
1: No, maybe some interesting cases there, like to start in mobility. It's not really a mobility application, but like Waze is one of the best gamified apps out there. The reason why is because actually in a completely free way, like we also try always to get it like as scalable as possible, not to become as expensive as a classic loyalty system. But basically what is very important there is that ways by asking input from people and then putting like giving them points on a leaderboard, you trigger like that five to ten percent of your user base that is very triggered by being the first on top and these rewards. But then they continuously like put things on the map. That enrich the experience for everyone, mm. and that community sense that I also see with Human Forest, and that, that 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 like where you start with that, and turning that into by asking feedback and by giving points to like those that give feedback and the drive kilometers and all these things that can really become a unique selling point. Like basically, ways put everyone out of the market, like TomTom Tom and all these these other competitors. They they literally grab the market through gamification by something that like didn't cost them anything for an additional user. So that's like the powerful kind of gamification that we're always like the, the holy grail of gamification is by uh, getting like social, like some sort of sense of community in, by, by adding games elements of which feedback can be a very important one as well. So that's a, that's a very good one to me on that sense. What I also think is a very good one in terms of personalization, which I haven't touched upon much, how you can do that with gamification Station is Duolingo, where you have a very personalized avatar, like a little cute bird that will keep telling you, hey, don't lose your street, and that will actually use how cute that bird might look, use a sphere to, for you to keep on checking in for every couple amount of minutes. But actually, what, what that, that notification of, hey, don't lose your street, that's what we call like a, a milestone minus X notification. So if we do a challenge we set a milestone to that challenge. So for example, take five rides, the five ride challenge, the milestone is five. Of course, if you're at two rides or at three rides, we can then send you a notification, everyone who, who did three, three rides in a row, we can send them a notification like, hey, uh, you might have not seen this challenge, but if you do more, two more additional rides in the coming days, you get this reward, which is completely in, like it's personalized. It's, it's not fancy ai but it's personalized because it taps into the user experience the user journey that that user is having at that point and we see that the click-through rates are huge so because notifications are very powerful but you're also like one long press away of never appearing anymore on the home screen of those users so you need to be very careful with how you use them and be very relevant but if you're relevant and if you can do that then you will get huge click-through rates and also a lot of reactivation. So Duolingo is like basically the streak master in that sense, where we also like use a lot of diversification within multiple customers. So that's not necessarily within mobility, but that's also a very interesting one. Another interesting one, like LinkedIn is also a very good one. LinkedIn, um, you might have wondered like, hey, why does LinkedIn show you and sends you a notification of who sees your profile? I think it's kind of weird that you see it. You don't see it on other social platforms. But basically, what LinkedIn does is they have like the, the progress bar when you start out, like give your like expertise of, the, of, the, of your profile, and they will show your profile more every time that you fill something in. So you have a progress bar, it goes up, you get a fancier star. But then also uh, in the hook model, it's a perfect uh, example of the hook model, you will get a variable reward. And the variable reward, Is the is yeah, the the red dot of people seeing your profile and like checking out your profile because LinkedIn showed it more to more people, and that's for people that mostly get on LinkedIn mostly young professionals, very insecure about like they don't know a lot of people in the professional world. It will give them like this intrinsic, like, hey, people are seeing my profile more. Maybe I should add a little more to the profile and then they go further and they go further. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same kind of like external trigger being a notification with people like, or just, no, the external trigger is the, the, the progress bar of like, hey, you should, you're level, only level one in expertise, improve mm-hmm. it. You do a little bit of work to put in like the profile, then you get a variable reward being people seeing your profile and you're getting a ping. And then you think like, hey, I want more of this. So what you do, you add more to the profile, which of mm-hmm. course adds to the network effect of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So those are like very good examples of gamification and how it really helps people to get over the mountain of, it, like of becoming an active user, which is often way harder uh, than uh, than people think. So the, those are three examples.
0: Yeah. The dopamine is okay. associated with getting a like or um, having an unread message and maybe a red dot you cannot ignore because there's apparently an unread message in in the app that could also equate in mobility, Mm -hmm. a discounted vehicle close to you, maybe um, as a Mm -hmm. signal to pull you in. You touched upon how you're trying to keep the cost of these gamification programs low and then also used Waze as an example of great implementation. And then Waze basically is mostly uh, an ad network, basically a few hundred people working in sales and placing location-based setting location-based ads into the app. Is there a link or a close connection between like, your gamification efforts and then in the next level, an additional stream of monetization for these operators by yeah, pushing relevant content beyond the right experience, let's say, to the users?
1: I'm not sure if I completely get your question. So do we provide not just like, in a, do, you, do you mean that, that we provide additional revenue streams towards the...
0: If your customer is yes, first mm-hmm. interested to use gamification to get people to come back into the product, consume their own product, can they use mm-hmm. some of the tools to also um, yeah give relevant advertising or cross uh, promotions? You said then mm-hmm. this example of Evo, who is, or was it SQT? In Norway, who SQT. Is, SQT, yeah, sorry, who is using the tool to run a campaign to find the lost scooter. And I basically, mm-hmm. it's basically like a, Way of manipulating in a targeted way the messages and the screen um, of these users. So, are people extending to go into also making using that as a revenue source?
1: Yes, you can do it in a lot of ways. Huh? Uh, you can be very creative in how you create like additional revenue streams or cost savers, like with SKT a cost saver right? because they don't need to go behind every single vehicle. Yeah. You can like crowdsource it. That's one one thing. But indeed, in terms of Additional revenue. We even have examples of where you put your reward system and mm-hmm. you you turn it into a bit of a, a lead, a lead magnet for other uh, retailers that you work with. Mm-hmm. So where like they for example say, I don't think that uh, human forest does it that way, but that you get like a referral bonus from the retailer if they then actually go there and then redeem the discount. That can be a revenue or a revenue source on one like showing advertisements. You can also show like videos and track the clicks and the, the views on these videos on the uh, on the pages so you can actually have additional like input of of advertising for example like you mentioned you can also segment there on different segments like you can we have an ad center in the uh, in our system where you can say okay this advertising is only for that segment of uh females between 18 and 25 that have shoe size 17 <laughs> I, I don't know like that that type of that type of uh, revenue stream but maybe more important and also there you mentioned it gamification can be a very good tool to generate more info about your users Mm-hmm. Getting more feedback, just like Waze does, it. like they 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 ask feedback of what's on the road. But you can also ask people. We have stuff like a personality test, like what kind of biker are you, or what kind of mobility are you? More like a scooter guy, like personality tests, and then you can get to know more about your users, wow. which you can then again use to monetize things um, or to monetize those users in the end. So. It, it can do a lot. like you can do, game, but of course, with data gathering, it all depends on what you want to do with it. Uh, do we want to get them to do more rides, which is mostly the primary source of income for the provider that we work with. You can do these kind of advertisings, you can maybe get, uh, like the referral, uh, the referral fees for like getting people to shops locally, which work well, I think with Wunder vendors because they're mostly like local, more local providers that we work with. They're not like the big international ones. Yeah. they have like very uh, local anchorage. That's a very uh, interesting one that works also quite well. and then yeah, other revenue streams, you can generate as much data about your users as you want through gamification and make that fun. And mm-hmm. like you can then again use that relevant data to yeah get them to do more rides or maybe yeah have additional revenue streams depending on the case. So there's a lot of possibilities, but again, some things are more general and some are more case by case depending on the business uh, goal that the uh, yeah that these, uh, these these providers
0: have. Mm-hmm. You're basically, describing a dynamic, highly flexible way to uh, interact with the users for maybe research retention or even, I don't know, upselling advertising purposes, and probably any operator of a certain size who wouldn't be doing any of this um, in the future would just be missing out on a lot of potential. What makes you think that they will typically use a third party like you to run such a program, maybe just to get started, or also as they have more internal resources? What's the pitch for that being a platform in itself again, let's say?
1: The thing is, like the, the pitch for that, like especially with bigger companies, like the maker virus season is a very low logic one we get often. Yeah. What's good like from us is like we're quite confidential on what other uh, customers do, but we do have a lot of experience like across different sectors and within the same sector. So we know what works, we have a good feeling on okay, what can really work for these kind of um, these kind of vendors. And also, we continuously develop and get requests from customers to develop things through. For example, now we have, uh, we're, going, we're developing a tiered leveling system mm-hmm. where you have, like, for example, if you do between zero and five rides, you get 1x amplifier of your points. If you do between five to 10 rides, then you get a 1.5x amplifier of your coins for that month. And if you do between 10 and 20 rides, you get a, a two time amplifier, like a multiplier uh, of your bonus points or your coins that you get for that month. And then it resets after a month again. So it's a combination of a challenge and a loading system. Mm-hmm. And like all these new things are often things that if you would do it internally, would not get on the radar because we basically crowdsource like, all the creativity yeah. within the market of things and ideas and then we make it applicable to, to others as well. So that's a bonus. And also what we would recommend, if you would do it yourself, you should always have a team, a gamification team that's maybe in a matrix, like one is in the product team, one is in the marketing team, one is in the, uh, like the finance team or the revenue team. Like, but you need like three to four people at least to really like agilely iterate upon it mm-hmm. and if you then check like yeah like how much that would cost compared to mm-hmm. like the cost that we would have mm-hmm. we are way cheaper so like even tenfold cheaper so mm-hmm. that that's like the sales pitch that we have compared to like do we need a journey? but sometimes it's politics and they just build everything themselves it happens mm-hmm. but yeah we do have like there there is some things to say about working with a vendor like our and like us based on like yeah. going faster. Having more expertise in general that grows, we don't get like into like some sort of tunnel vision. In like sometimes tend to happen within teams in, in in companies, we have like a very broad view of the markets and what's happening. So that those are all things that are in our favor, and we tend to outperform on average. We tend to outperform like any gamification metric out there. So we, our metrics are made mostly out with the best-in-class and that's our average. So yeah, it's, uh, we, we, have, we have good performance. We are very happy customers and we have like a very agile way of working. So that, that's how we tend to overcome this. But sometimes it happens that, yeah, due to in, internal politics or whatever they do for doing it internally. But then I would always say, get a team. Get a whole team because uh, you need to be able to iterate and think of in every feature release that you do, think of, okay, can we gamify this? Or like, can we maybe do a campaign in every campaign that you do for marketing? Can we gamify this? It's something that needs mm-hmm. to be on your mind continuously. Mm-hmm. And for that, you need like, people multidisciplinary involved in, in doing this. Thing. So uh, that's, and that, that will also be successful, but that also has drawbacks. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's super clear. I think it makes a ton of sense um, how much creativity and insights is one person going to have working on this. But even if you have a whole team, um, it's just their own experiments that they see. And you're even working across industries, not just mobility. So uh, this is super um, fascinating. Uh, You're kind of um, bringing us into a whole new topic area that most people in mobility haven't done a whole lot in. Or if they have, I think you're right maybe not iterated on it so much. So we've seen some early examples way back, for example, in Share Now or Car2Go at the time in car sharing and then have kind of disappeared again because um, probably there was maybe not even the specialist knowledge or then not the room on the roadmap to iterate. And so having this kind of flexibility is I think really valuable. So hopefully it's it's a good building block on the path to profitability, which is like on everyone's mind in our industry right now.
1: The iteration is the key to everything. Like building a leaderboard, not say the Building a leaderboard is not rocket science. Like building a challenge is not rocket science. But it's about getting the good way of working and getting the right people, the right creative people, to continuously iterate upon it and do it. And but also do it in a in a certain way that it contributes to the users being more motivated and triggered in their motivation. And second off. The business goals and contributing to the goals of the business—that's mm. um, key. Like with all those things in mind, mm. iterating continuously. And if you don't, because that's also a pitfall of gamification, we're gonna do it to make it more fun. And that's like, okay, but okay, now it's more fun, but it's also just that it doesn't really contribute to anything, and people like think it's fun for one time, and then they turn anyway. So you need to be very, like, gamefication often is too fluffy. like And it starts off very fluffy with what motivates your users. And it sounds a bit like a motivational speak, speaker in the beginning. But then we try to break it down and make it as concrete as possible and also as business-driven as possible. So it matches both the happiness of the user with the happiness of your bookkeeper uh, at the end of the day. So that's that's <laughs> All right, cool. That's basically how we how we try to work it out that.
0: That's a great way um, to end it. I want to make both the user and the bookkeeper happy. So (laughs) thanks a lot for um, spending the time with us today, Freik. And um, yeah, even after your very long drive uh, back uh, yesterday from Switzerland (laughs) and being full of energy uh, here um, today, it was super nice to um, dive into this a bit with you.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on the podcast. It was interesting to have a chat about it and... uh... We're all here. We're all also very passionate about it. So even if we're a bit more tired, it's not very hard to get energized to, uh, to yeah to talk about talk the subject and uh, see how we can improve some things. Because in Zurich, I, I use a lot of share mobility there as well, like some scooters and things. I always I always like uh, I always like uh, eating the, the own dog food uh, as, as they, they tend to say it in the, the startup scene. So it's um, yeah, it's always nice to talk about it. Thank you for having me.
0: Welcome. Thank you.